What's up, podcast? Welcome to another episode of Dictations. In this conversation, Dr. Rogers talks with Dr. Paul Gorman, a hand specialist in the Tri-Cities who has a very unique perspective on healthcare and where medicine is going. This is a very cool conversation because it's two doctors who've been in the business for over 30 years and have seen medicine change over a period of time. So they talk about where they think medicine is going, what that means for patients, as well as providers. So I think you're going to get a ton out of this. So I'm going to let you guys get to the conversation. Here's Dr. Rogers talking with Dr. Paul Gorman. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Rogers from Performance Medicine at Johnson City here. We're here at our grand opening today and I'm always doing these podcasts. I'm riffing a little bit about medicine. As you know, my practice is a little bit different. It's more integrative, probably more forward-thinking. And I've got a special guest here who's been a good friend for a while and um, well-known hand surgeon here in Johnson City, Dr. Paul Gorman. And it's great to have you. I love talking with you. We ate lunch yesterday, and we've met many times. And You've seen some of my family and helped their hands. I had a lady this morning that you fixed her carpal tunnel back in 1995. Still doing great. She sings your praises. So yeah, he's a well-known orthopedic doctor, hand specialist. And you're kind of transitioning now. You're in a different kind of thinking. You were in a big group, then you went solo. And you're interested in the business of medicine like I am. And you also have been around, I've been around 35 years practicing. You've been around 33, maybe. Um, I want to get your opinion on kind of what you're, you're doing, your thinking, and about how you think medicine's changed in the last 30 or 35 years. Sure. Well, one thing of, of note is that we as physicians have the stigma and the responsibility and have shouldered the responsibility for letting a lot of other people tell us how to practice medicine. So you and I were trained and altruistically we went into medicine to help people and we knew that there were only two people to practice medicine, a doctor and a patient. But now we have health systems, we have conglomerate monopolistic health systems, we have the government telling us what to do, we have insurance companies uh, controlling much of the commerce of the practice of medicine. So the, the care that is delivered um, is, is very high in this country. Um, and what is often said is that the, the quality of care is um, really more a quality of caring if you and I go to the doc if, if I'm just going to you as the physician, as I did yesterday, I don't really care how much um, you know. I just want to know how much you care. And if you take your car to the car mechanic, um, you don't want to know all of his certifications. You just want to know how much he wants to care about your car and a, a fair service for a fair price. So unfortunately, docs get busy and over 30 years, I've seen docs get busier and busier with other distractions, be it record keeping, be it hospital policies, and less focus is on listening to the patient, active listening, and getting down to root causes of complaints. And I'm, I'm fond of the way that you put it. People come to you because they hurt 
or they're tired. And for hand surgeons and orthopedic surgeons, it's actually very similar. Uh, there's usually fatigue or weakness or stiffness. And um, sometimes there's, of course, more acute injuries. But in 30 years, the biggest change, I think, has been the distraction. The distraction of doctors with extraneous tasks and the distraction of patients from just life is complicated, negotiating the insurance um, benefits system, be it the government paying it or another third-party uh, payer. And then uh, with orthopedics, there's often the work comp or workman's compensation sector, which is another third party whereby the, your employer, if you're injured at work, um, has a third party payer. So then you might not have just a patient and a physician. You've got a work comp third party payer. You've got an employer. There may or may not be an attorney involved. And um, if that company is self-insured, they're very active in the, in the decision-making of what they're going to pay for. So in general, the, the methodology for health insurance, like when we were born, our parents paid cash probably for our deliveries because the insurance for health care was high-deductible, major medical, catastrophic insurance, the same way we do our cars and our homes, other property casualty. Uh, items. But now we want to indemnify all the routine things, which is not insurance. It's just prepaid health care dollars. So we, we insure well visits. We insure routine medications and other things. And as has often been said by others, we don't insure all changes on my car down there or light bulb changes in the home. So until this country, and that means all of us, realize that health care is not a right, it's a commodity, it's a privilege, it's a responsibility. And, and we realize that it's not a right, but it's those other things. And when we redefine appropriately that health insurance should be portable and it should indemnify or cover those, those extreme situations, those high ticket items, I do not think there will be health reform of, of any significance. So. In summary, the distraction of patients and doctors has increased, and the influence of third-party payers has uh, been a negative effect on, on medicine. I love the way you put that. The health care is still here, but the health caring has disappeared. I read an article last night on Medscape, a journal I go to a lot with a lot of good stuff, and the article was about doctor dissatisfaction and doctors are very dissatisfied group of people and you probably that comes across in patient care in my opinion and it said that 400 doctors a year commit suicide and the reason it said it was a great headline doctor dissatisfaction it's the system stupid is what they said and it's really so it's not really the doctors it's the system that we've been dragged into now 15 years ago when I decided to leave the system and get out of a big group and go on my own and, and do away with insurance companies, EMRs, managers, and just do that. It's between me and the patient. The records aren't going anywhere for anybody else to look at, just me and the patient. So if you had something, say, you came to see me and I had to end up putting you on a medication like Prozac, which I don't use a lot of, 
anymore because I try to find the root cause of the problem, mm -hmm. not just throw a pill at somebody anymore. Um, it kind of changed my whole philosophy about the way I treat patients. But say I did have to put somebody on Prozac. You write your script, your insurance company knows it, everybody knows it. So pre-existing, so they can deny treatment later down the road, maybe. You know, the one good thing that probably came out of Obamacare was elimination of pre-existing conditions. But, um, you know, my own opinion about Obamacare is that it kind of made things worse for most of my patients. Some people it may have made more accessible somewhere, but for most of my patients, their insurance costs went out the roof. So in a, in a way, when I went, you know, cash only 15 years ago, it was good timing because everybody's deductibles were going sky high anyway. It's cheaper to see me than it was to try to go through your insurance. Right. When I write a script to somebody, if they take it to the pharmacy and get it filled through their insurance, it's more expensive than if, if they just pay cash. It's amazing, unless it's a biologic or really expensive medication. But so medicine's changed a lot. You know, my dad was a physician, a general surgeon, and I kind of grew up in a medical family, and he always talked about socialized medicine was coming. This was back in the 60s. I mean, he was kind of predicting it. Um, and now we have people talking about Medicare for all, and which would totally, in my opinion, destroy the healthcare system. I mean, who would want to go into medicine with that? But we're getting off the subject a little bit. So, Paul, I know we're like-minded, and you know, I just look forward to seeing what you're going to do in the future because you're still a young guy. And what I did, and what I would encourage you to do, is do what you want to do. Take, you know, establish that relationship between you and the patient. Throw out all the other stuff you don't like. Um, like insurance companies, middlemen, managers telling you you need to more, order more CAT scans, generate more profit. It's turned into a business of greed, kind of like politics yeah. and monopolies. And, you know, the basic reason we got into medicine, we're both in our 60s, was really to help people. I think most doctors and healthcare practitioners get into it for a noble reason. And then after being in the system and it kind of sucks you into it, and you get distracted. You're having to spend three hours on a computer doing tasks, on the phone getting prior approvals, you know, meeting quotas, and going through red tape. You can't, you know, Dr. Rogers, you have a diabetic patient. They need to be on a statin. Well, no, I don't think they need to be on a statin. Their cholesterol is fine. You know, I don't want to put them on a statin. They don't want a statin. So I just throw those letters in the garbage can and treat my patient like I would want to be treated, and I'm good. I, one thing that's happened in my practice when I did that was I only get great patients. They get good value for their health care dollar. They use their HSA or, you know, cash or whatever. It's very reasonable. They get better care. I only get good patients. So amazingly, that's what's happened. So and, and I think the good patients understand the burden of the physicians because any, any patient out there listening to this who's tried to look at their explanation of benefits from their third-party health plan, be it uh, a doctor's visit or a hospitalization, the only thing more shrouded in mystery and enigma is like trying to figure out a timeshare contract. <laughs> you know, it is, it is an enigma wrapped in a mystery, bow-tied with 
all kinds of deceit and small print and it doesn't need to be that complicated. It really doesn't. And, and we've allowed it to get that way. So I, th I think the progress of medicine is in this realm of transparency of pricing and, and um, value addedness to the services rendered for the fee paid. I agree with you 100%. Well, Dr. Paul Gorman, it's been a pleasure to have you here. We'll continue our dialogues and you know, good luck in what you choose to do. I Thank sure you. hope you stay around and, and take care of people's upper extremities and you know, maybe we'll be able to work together a little bit some. We'll see. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. That's the end of our recording. We really appreciate you guys being here. Um, now go out, subscribe, give us a rating. Uh, we really appreciate that. It, it helps us be found and it, it means a lot to us. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week.